Dan Gile mm. is your key word. Take it to manscaped.com. I don't. Dan Gile. I don't think any of these. Dan Gile, 20% off. Things right. And free shipping. Free shipe. Shipping. Ping. Yes. Ping. Dan Gile. Manscaped.com. Dangle. 50% off. Or sorry, 20% off. Free shipping. Let's go. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Listen, guys. Yeah. Listen. It's not that I'm worried about Kevin Fiala. I'm worried about the Leaf fans that are worried about Kevin Fiala and the Toronto Maple Leafs losing Austin Matthews in 2024 because the LA Kings got Kevin Fiala. I did see some tweets about that, and I want to remind everyone, Brian Burt got to you. Brian Burt got to you. He got to you when he said, yeah, he's going to sign his extension, and then he's gone. He's gone to Arizona. He's not going to Arizona. Now, could he go to LA? Sure. Could he go to New York? Sure. Miami? Sure. Whatever. Can I suggest that Miami? Well, sun, Sunrise. It's just like five minutes he's outside of Tampa or You don't think he can switch sports? Tampa or Florida. Whatever. <laughs> he's taking his talents to South Beach. South Beach. That's right. Um, listen, that's no way to live your life. No. It's just not. There's no way. It's no way to live your life fearing what Austin Matthews is going to do in two years. Stop it. Knock that off. Yeah. Knock that off. And remember, he scored 60 goals for your team this year. That's the only thing you ought to think about. And the heart. And the heart. It's funny. I <laughs> First was, heart in 65 years something or something like that. I, I was thinking about that the other day, how little of a story it was that a Leaf won the heart. Like The nothing story. It's a nothing story because... Everyone wants the same thing, and so does he. And if he doesn't get it next year, then I'll start to panic. Yeah, yeah. But until then, God, you have so much life to live. Just do it now. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Fiala uh, was had for. I mean, it was a pretty solid deal, unless, uh, unless, like it, to me, I was like, okay, I hope when that trade was announced, I hope LA had the chance to talk to Fiala. Can you say the trade? Oh, the trade. Well, I can. First off, I'm going to tell you that Fiala signed with the Kings for seven point seven eight seven five. Yeah, a weird number for sure. And um, what's weird is he doesn't wear any of those numbers. Is he feeling okay? Stop. Isn't it weird that he doesn't have that? So the Wild. God, people are weird. The Wild got uh, defensive prospect Brock Faber and LA's first round pick, 19th overall in this year's draft. So essentially a first and a second because Brock Faber was a 2020 second round pick. And apparently he's highly regarded, though. He's a captain of his team and everything, Absolutely. wherever he plays. So that's great. Um, and here's the thing. Um, the Wild, buying out Zach Parise and Ryan Suter last year, um, they got some hefty calf penalties. It will cost them $12.743 million in dead cap space next season and $14.743 dead cap space the two years after that. Wow. There are so many Wild players who are going to play for the Coyotes next year. <laughs> that's a good point it's such an interesting trade because fiala was an rfa uh at the time of the deal you know and then he signs the extension you rarely see teams have to give up on an rfa who's a really great player who's worth all the money that he's gonna get like fiala had a year where he's worth this seven million dollars 
And and this is a team who's because of their decision to buy out those two guys ha- or have their hand forced now, yep. where they're giving up on really good players. And, and you it's know, a shame. you know, Jesse, it's it's interesting that you say that. Here's what Bill Guerin had to say about it. He said uh, he Kevin had a great year, and we're just not going to be able to do it. We knew that Fiala's camp knew that there was no sense in screwing around trying to fit this under this or give him a low ball deal. It just wasn't going to work. We knew we were going to have to move him. It just didn't fit. That's well, so disappointing. Like it oh. sucks. It sucks yeah. for the fans, right? Like, what is the what are the point? What's the point of this? Why are we doing this? And it's one of the deals that Paul Fenton nailed. Oh, it's the it's Paul Fenton's man. That's his man, dude. The trade was one for one, February twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. Michael Granlund or Mikhail Granlund for Kevin Fiala, dude. Fleece. What a deal, fleece. Fleece, and it didn't look like that at the time. Yeah, at all. when he got fired, people were like, "What the hell?" Because Fiala didn't have a good year when he went to Minnesota. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. And Granlin was like a decent guy. Yeah, and now Fiala. Uh, now he's a shitty guy. Fiala was a <laughs> bit of a, a late, no, late sorry. bloomer, but he was ridiculously highly touted in his draft year, mm-hmm. and I remember that because it was Nylander's draft year. But it, he was one of those weird picks, and we've talked about this before, where we're like, he's going to be a star, and he's going mid first round. <laughs> or something like that. Like P.K. Subban, I remember. He's going to be a star. Second round. Second round pick. Why? I don't know. I don't know. There's there's always a... Ver- Alex DeBrincat. He's going to be a star. Second round pick. Mm-hmm. Someone explain. I don't get it. But Fiala did take a while. It's interesting. You know, I, 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 know, that, uh, I know that they have these rules in here to stop teams from making the types of deals that uh, Parise and Suter made uh, with the with the Wild, and I guess the Wild made the deals. But that type of system doesn't even exist anymore. It, it, does, it does sort of rank... Like, I understand people that want teams punished, like with the New Jersey Devils, for instance. When they... When they did the Kovalchuk contract right. and they were penalized and then Kovalchuk left. So they're like, oh, come on, unpe- unpenalize us. We didn't do it that bad. Look, he left. And, and, and they got their picks back, right? They got it. I think they got a first round pick back or something it's, like that. L- Lou Lamorello just calls up Gary Bettman and he doesn't even introduce himself. Gary Bettman speaking. What size are your shoes? All right. Yeah, you can have your, uh, you can, you can have your pick back. <laughs> he's got picks of Gary somewhere. He's, he's doing oh, something. No, uh, just uh, Gary, whatever size concrete shoe you need. But here's... Lou Lamorello will provide. So this is a, this is a very healthy hockey market with um, a, a really good team. What benefit to the NHL does this have? And I know... Let's talk about the Kings deal in a second here. But I, I looked at this deal... What benefit do you get out of taking around 20% away from the Minnesota Wild in terms of their cap expenditure for the next three years? What's the benefit? So you should say how does should, the NHL they should be win? let off the hook? I'm saying that, that, yeah, that these rules probably should have been erased when they renegotiated the CBA in 2020 during the pandemic. So I'll agree with that. I'll agree that they should have maybe figured that out. However, Bill Guerin knew the risk. He did. When he made the he deal. did. But let's let's and I, and I agree with yeah. you. And I and you're 100 percent right. And this this is the way it has to happen now. Right. But should it but still be the case? Why is that happening? I wonder if they're just gonna like. Is this a pressing topic, or is it a topic that's going to take care of itself in a couple of years? It'll take care of itself. But in the meantime, you're hurting one of your best American markets. Yeah, and For helping three and helping years. one of the best ones too. Oh, sure. LA's. 
I, I know this is a wild thing to say about a team that lost in the first round to a team that lost in the third round, but I think the LA Kings are a cup contender. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, you know, you get... Because if you take their playoff team, it's like you're up Kevin Fiala and Drew Doughty. And another year of Byfield and, and Dursey and all these guys growing up a little bit. Yeah, Grundstrom. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Akil Thomas. And oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good team. But, Cal, I, but again, throw Cal Peterson in you've, got, you've got fans that absolutely adore this team. Why? Why are we doing this? What is the What was, other than financial punishment, how does this help the franchise? How does this help the game? I Again, I'd have to ask Bill Guerin. I, because, like, listen, this could have happened to anyone, right? Yes. If, if this happened to, uh, it's happening to the Canucks right now in a way. Mm-hmm. The cap recapture penalty for Roberto Luongo, and and if you're pissed at the owner, here's the deal: if you're pissed at the owner, make the owner when they trade the contract or buy out the contract, pay the contract in full. So the owner gets the hit. So don't be a fucking idiot. Wow. So you'd say to the guy, don't be a fucking idiot. Wherever this player ends up, you're paying the rest of it, but it's not going to count against the team. I'll throw this out there too. The rule applies hard to the Minnesota Wild. The rule does not appear to uh, apply to the Chicago Blackhawks and Edmonton Oilers in the case of Duncan Keith. Because didn't Bill Daly say, because uh, the Oilers were supposed to get, if Duncan Keith were to retire, they were supposed to get a cap benefit. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's saying no. Why? It's a different circumstance. It is a different circumstance, but, but it's, it's, it's a, the like, same backdiving deal, is it? It's not? a backdiving deal. No, but they're not—they're not applying the same rule here. One, you're applying the rule of a cap recapture for a retirement on a player, and the other one, you're—you're you're applying a rule of a buyout, buyout of a contract. Those are okay. completely different rules. Okay. They are, but it's—it's it's two different things being applied to contracts that don't exist anymore, like they're illegal. And this one's hard and fast, and we're sticking to it. Yeah. And this one's but the not. buy the buyout thing on the contract exists on any contract. Like that's a rule that applies. To, that so they're applying true, the riot, the Suter and Parise contracts. The the cap recapture penalties aren't applied because they're illegal contracts. That's true. Like they're that's just, true. They're just contracts. I I think the rule should be that there should be no penalties for buying out a player. I think if a player doesn't no? want to, I don't. I think that does a, benefit rich teams, and people would have a problem with that. So See, you're looking at it, you're looking at it under the guise of no one's taking rampant advantage of that mm-hmm. right now, which mm-hmm. is true. Teams would take rampant advantage. The, the Leafs would buy out players every single year if there was no penalty. Yeah, like Tavares would be bought out this year. Just not okay. because we don't love him, but it'd be like, all right, John, we're going to buy you out the rest of your deal, and we're going to pay you six million bucks. Yeah, do, should we trade? <laughs> A draft pick to the Ottawa Senators so that they can take on some of our contracts like Connor Brown, or should we just buy them out? Should we uh, offer a sweetener to Chicago or whoever for Peter Morazic? No, just buy them out. Just buy. like it would be rampant and it would be eight, 10 teams taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think Vegas would have bought out? Uh, <laughs> I think, I think everybody, if you yeah. negotiate into the contract that I think it- it shouldn't be non-guaranteed. Like I'm, I'm pulling this from the NFL in that they, they you can cut guys. They have non-guaranteed contracts. You can cut players at all, which we all don't times. want that. Either. I don't want non-guaranteed contracts, but I think there should be some leeway to where if Parise and Suter don't want to be on the Minnesota Wild because it sounds the, like they both did. The GM doesn't want them on the Minnesota Wild anymore, and he says because if he kept them on the team, it's for what was it like three more years. It would have been four, $14 million against the cap for them to play for them. Mm-hmm. And the GM says, okay, it's worth us 
to have $14 million for two guys to not play than have $14 million for two guys to to actually play. It shows you the reported effect that their mentality was having in the dressing room. And I think Which is a conversation. There should be some easier way to negotiate this through than rather than just this dead money for two guys to not Especially play. Especially on contracts that I'm with you on that because there's no these contracts don't exist. And they're also not, they're not a part of the current CBA. They're playing for different teams. You owe two thirds of a contract to a guy or one third of a contract to a guy just arbitrarily based on their age. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Well, either. I think that goes yeah, it does, because it means it? the reason they do that is because it's supposed to be like a um it's supposed to be like you've got more runway to make more money. That's the idea. So at thirty five when you sign a contract, your ability to make up that money that you would have lost in a buyout situation is far less than at twenty five when you get a third of it. At least that's the theory. And listen, I'm not saying it's a perfect theory, but yeah. that's that's why they I, they I implemented the, it that way. The theory's flawed because you can't judge how many years a guy has on his NHL life, right? You know, yeah. like a 25 year old might play two seasons in the NHL and be done. Bowen Byram almost retired this year. You know why? what I mean? Uh, because of I believe concussions. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, like he he had a really yeah. tough season. Ended it a Stanley Cup champion mm-hmm. and playing the best hockey that ever. Like, that sounds like the older guys during the CBA negotiations snuck something in for themselves. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, oh, there's there's a whole Alan Walsh episode coming on that one one day. Well, like, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. not. I'm not. You're gonna, not going to like some of the players that you grew up as oh, thinking were your heroes. I'm not going to go to bat for Tony D'Angelo ever. But he, they, they knew they didn't like this player. They knew he was a pain in the ass. They signed him to a $9 million contract. Let him play... 20 games? No, I think it was like three. Oh, was that it? It was like three or four games. And they're like, that's it. And they held him and then they bought him out at one third. Yes. Why did the Rangers get let off the hook? Like, because he's younger. And his ability to replace that income. That's what it comes out. It's labor law. It comes, it, it's, it's your ability to make that money back. And the, and the theory is that if you're younger, your ability to bounce back from a buyout is much greater than if you're older. And then if you, you know, if you, again, it, it also comes down to, I think, rich teams too, right? Yeah. If you're UFA, you're 35 you, and the Leafs, let's say it's the Leafs because the Leafs are the, you know, one of the richest teams, them in New York. They go out and they, they sign four Paul, Patrick Marlowe's. Sure. And they only have to buy them out at one third the cost or whatever. It's a hell of a lot easier for a team like that to do that. But if you go and you buy four Patrick Marlowe's and you got to buy them out at full, well, that's a different conversation. What happens the first time a player like that gets bought out, signs for a mill, you know, a, a much reduced contract in his first game, blows his knee, he's never going to play again. Well, then he's LTIR. He's LTIR, but what does that do for him? You know what I'm saying? Like, let, let's pretend D'Angelo got hurt first game with the Hurricanes. Okay. He'll never play again. Um, so he's just done. Yeah. So, like, my ability to make money for the rest of my but career But you incur it in a, in a game like the NHL, you incur risk like that. That is part of it. Fuck. Well, that's part of it. I mean, listen, it's... it's Players need a stronger union. Well, I think <laughs> I think that, that, that the, the, the negotiations, uh, as they were conducted, they weren't great. They what weren't great. What do they do? What, the PA? Yeah, like, I feel like every time they come up and we bring up an obvious flaw, we come to the conclusion they don't really do fucking anything. From what I've heard from sources inside the game, uh, winds are changing. Uh, But I also know that um, there needs to be more input. Like, the NHL doesn't have a Chris Paul. 
the winds the winds of change the winds are the winds are changing the winds are changing meaning winds are changing and so so what what it means is that i think that there and we we mentioned this with with the uh the kyle beach sexual assault situation Mm -hmm. we mentioned this with something else i and you remember my memory is terrible but there was something with dawn fear where people were like dawn fear needs to go and it wasn't even the the blackhawks it was something else earlier this year when we were talking about the the meetings in with the agents in Toronto, where he didn't want to speak yeah, at the end yeah. of the yes. referring to, so that's where I think this summer, like it's sort of been pushed to the background. But I have a feeling that Don Fear, there's a change coming there, just a just a gut feeling. But the other thing I would say is that, and and what I wanted to get to is really important. The guys, and I've mentioned this before, the guys who are on television whenever there's a labor strike, are guys that are like third and fourth liners. Or guys that are like sec- your sec- six, seven defensemen. Yeah. Like, tell me why during the last lockout, and no offense to him or his memory, but why is Steve Montador speaking for the NHL? The, like the players. No, it, right? should, you, be, the, the, it should Chris, be a star player on his team. When you have when you have in the NBA LeBron James and Chris Paul and these guys going and looking their owner straight in the eye and going, you better do this. That's a heck of a lot more powerful than Andrea Bargnani. Right. And um trying to think it was uh the player who got blackballed um basically for his involvement in the 2013 Chris lockout. Campoli. Chris Campoli. Allegedly. We have to say allegedly. Uh, allegedly. But he never played a game. No, he's like six seven defenseman, um, like Ron Hainsey. Yeah, look up Chris Campoli's hockey DB. You'll know what we're talking about. Yeah, Ron Hainsey's like top half. Yeah. Like in terms of talent. Yeah, and then the star players currently have nothing to do really with it. They don't show up to the they don't show up to the meetings. They don't they don't advocate. They don't care. And 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 it's probably because they're young and they want to go and have fun and I get that. But unfortunately, like with Wayne and Mario in the early 90s, you got to show up to these meetings. Wayne and Mario showed up to those meetings. Jesse? Uh Donald Fear by the way is going to be replaced this summer. Oh, but, that's up there. Yeah, yeah, we back in April we Did touched we, on okay. it. Yeah, cuz oh, yeah. so they formed a search committee I wasn't sure. in uh, at the end of April and they're going to they have their next meeting is in Toronto July 18th through 20th. That's when the executive okay, board so meets. right after free agency. And he's going to stay on through the search, but their search committee's I guess searching and hopefully by the end of the summer they have a new guy. Well, there you go. Yeah. I you know, I I think it's time. It's probably time. It's long past time. Um but the the Fiala deal in a hockey sense is a great deal for the Kings. And I think I, I kind of hadn't considered this, but when you look at the ages of, they've got some blossoming players, obviously, but you've got part of your core, part, major part of your core is Kopitar, 34, mm-hmm. Dowdy, yeah. 32. Yeah. So a guy like Fiala with the rookies you have coming up makes a lot of sense because he almost bridges that gap. Yeah, they're in a, it's again, weird for a team that lost in the first round, but they're in a major go for it year. Like, you're not going to have a much better opportunity than you are over the next couple years. Yeah. You want to get the most out of Doughty and his, I guess, the tail end of his prime. Yeah, he's probably on the back nine, but he's still very good. His contract, by the way, does not expire until the uh, summer of 27. Wow. <laughs> wow. A long time But you got now. Okay, so you, maybe never mind. You got two more years of Kopitar, though. Yeah. At $10 million. So next year, the year after, then he's UFA. And there's a big power vacuum there. Because Dustin Brown retired or is retiring. Right. So there's a, you want to get as many young guys in there as possible because they're, go, that's, they're going to be the leadership core going yep. forward. It's going to be Sean Dersey. It's going to be Quinton Byfield. It's going to be Akil Thomas and, you know, 
who know maybe a, a, a Philip Deneau. Philip Deneau helps bridge that gap big time for sure. And you have him like Fiala is like an offensive dynamo, mm-hmm. right? Great winger. Mm-hmm. And you got, but then you've got Deneau and Arvidsson who are both twenty nine, and they are signed for multiple years, but at really reasonable hits. Like Deneau is a five and a half. Arvidsson's a, a four two five. They're a really good mix. LA. It is. It's really kind of a good mix. I look up and down the lineup. I'm like, that's a really good team. Like they're not missing much pieces. No. no. I think they need they needed I mean, if I were to say anything, if you're gonna be picky, it would be nice to have another offensive center who's like dominant, i.e. what you th- you hope Jack Eichel can be in in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So if that becomes available, I don't know, maybe like in the summer twenty twenty four when Kopitar's contract's up Wait, and Austin what's, Matthews what's is the guy. With, what's wrong with Anze Kopitar? Nothing wrong with Anze Kopitar, but I think Deneau, who had twenty goals this year, mm-hmm. yeah. um if you're Trevor Moore. Uh, Trevor Moore <laughs> <sighs> I think you probably Ideally, like if you want a Stanley Cup, I think it'd be nice to have to know on the third line on like a shutdown line that that's all they so do. So disrespectful. I love to know. I'm a so big to know guy. So disrespectful to Kopitar and Byfield than to know. There's your three centers up down the middle. Okay, but is Byfield it's fucking is dominant. Byfield ready? Matthews, to do Byfield, for that? to know. <laughs> like disgusting. Oh. And Sean Dersey lifts the cup. Oh. Matthews, uh, that. that Evermore. That ten million dollars that Kopitar makes could go right into Austin Matthews' pocket. And the Leafs, <laughs> who are struggling to get into the wild card, trade Muzzin to them at the deadline. <laughs> uh, Byfield, by the way, had ten points in forty games this year. Right, so much as much as there's talent there, Coming and there off is a big injury. Sure, yeah, but we gotta. We still have like we Matthews in his first year had forty goals. Yeah, right. You want to see? I want to know. I want to know what that is. You know a guy who had a really slow start to his career, and oh, look at this bust, what a bum? Joe Thornton. Oh, yeah. Go look at his rookie I'm numbers. not saying Byfield is a bust. Before you yeah. a- hate tweet me at all. Why did you I'm not say so, It's so disrespectful, Adam. Oh, well, I think, listen, I don't think LA is quite there yet, but there are a couple shit. players away. If there's a center that comes up and is available, and I am a piece of shit, um, I think LA is going to be in the mix for like whoever is the top line center. Every year, there's a top line center that becomes available, and I wonder if his name is not Pierre-Luc Dubois. His name's Anze Kopitar. Mark Shea. He's on the team. No, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Blake Wheeler. Shut. I don't Bla- Wheeler's a winger, isn't he? So what? Shifley might. <laughs> I'm just throwing out names. But I, I'm I, just throwing out as many names that aren't Austin Matthews as possible. Oh, just, just to distract from that? <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, good, really good deal for, for LA. And I... So here's my question after all of this. What is... What is the Love. Wilds direction? Uh, what do you do? 12 million, 14 million, 14 million. I got to rebuild for fucking f- three years. You just signed Kirill, though. <laughs> they're the Kirill, the thrill. They're, they're so weird. Yeah. They're so, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Like, are you. It's weird to be in permanent tinker mode. Yeah. They're going to try and be scrappy for like three years. You know, it's going to yeah. be like, we're going to play under the cap. We're going to get a bunch of guys who are going to work hard. We're going to have Caprile. We're going to get some good goaltending. And we're just going to try and do what we can with our roster. And they might sneak in the playoffs a couple of times. Uh, I still you think know? they're going to be good. But it's yeah. weird that they're like, okay, I assume Marc-Andre Fleury wants to win the Stanley Cup before he checks out. Again. Again. For the f- fourth? The fourth. He was on the bench for the other two. He was back up in it's the last one in two. Oh nine, and then him. He was tandem slash backup with Ryan uh, Ryan Murray, Matt Murray, for the back to backs. Um, like is Minnesota that team? 
Probably not. Sign mm. a one-year deal and then get traded where? Yeah. You, you know, like yeah. he didn't really seem that enthused for a trade at the deadline. I don't know. Um, I wonder, and I think probably that's family related, right? Where it's like, you, of course, yeah. So he probably wants to sign with the team right off the top. Um, I'm I'm just looking at the the wild cap friendly page. Just an idea, and I don't know if this is even possible. So this is a question for um, our good friends at Cap Friendly or Puckpedia. Uh, could you LTIR your way out of this situation? <coughs> With who? I don't know. Can you pick up dead money, like actual dead money, and LTIR your way back to the salary cap? In theory, I think you could. I mean, Cap Friendly goes out of their way. To talk about how that's actually not a fun way to be. Yeah. Sure. You don't like it's want a, But you have to manage. Situation. Well, you also don't want 15 million in dead cap. But well, it doesn't, problem, it doesn't right? like buy you back $15 million. You know? You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, they're not LTIR, are they? But yeah. you'd have to buy, so you'd have to buy bad money. <laughs> you'd have to buy dead money, the equivalent of that amount. Yeah. I assume Bill Guerin, like he's had enough success as, a, as an executive. I assume Bill Guerin has some sort of plan beyond, well, we'll just have like a quarter of our cap dead. Not a quarter, but like 15 mil or whatever it was between 10 and 15 mil. It's a lot. I assume he has a plan that is larger than, ah, you know, we'll just stuff it out. Yeah, it might just be what Jesse said, rebuild. (laughs) Um, I tinker along the way and I think they'll be decent. They have a lot of good pieces. It's just, it's a shame they're missing... 14 million dollars to buy a couple more players they looked poised to go on a run like that was a good little core they had going um chuck fletcher got another job uh new uh, just an update here guys remember you too can be a gm right steve um the leafs have informed teams they are open to trading the rights to pending ufa Ilya mikhaev lebrun and fridge with second rounder or bust pending what you or are or he's a pending you he's a ufa mikhaev's a ufa yeah When I when I make those deals as a GM in NHL 22, I net like a six round pick. They're not getting still something. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Kyle. hey man, that could be Zetterberg. <laughs> you can't you can't <laughs> command a um, you can't command a Zach Hyman was very highly sought after, hmm. and he was looking for a seven or eight year deal because yeah. he can command it. I, I don't think Ilya McCabe's getting a seven or eight year and, deal. And you, you're right. And that's why they can walk away with nothing like they did last year. <laughs> Remember when they refused to do the Hyman deal? I, I was understand, like, just, I understand no, the logic. Yeah, no, me too. No. I watched take, Steve's slide. It was just funny. something. Uh, you know, the highest you, offer. You know, then OBO. You then, or best offer. Every deal then is yeah. no okay. That's bullshit logic. That is slippery slope logic. No way. No, they're people, Adam. Like you can't, Dubas can't be his reputation can't be like, oh, just send him whatever. He'll take it. Dubas is in a position where if he took the six, we'd all be like, oh, so he took the sixth. I'd be fine with that. At least he'd have yeah, it. Nah, but like the other be. GMs be would be like, <laughs> fucking Dubas. Look at yeah, this idiot getting sixth round pick for a guy that can't stay. Idiot. Other GMs. So zero's better? Yeah. Is zero better? What is zero better? Where's yeah. the fucking money, Lebowski? And they, they just do the And then Lebowski leaves and then, and then. Gets the money elsewhere. Nah. For that's your, what happened. For your reputation, it made sense. For Mikheyev, oh, I'd, I'd gladly take the six or the seven. And you know what? But what I loved about the uh, what I loved about Kyle Dubas this year is how everybody in the league treated him differently. 
Yeah. You know, that not getting that sixth round pick, that sure changed his reputation. It sure changed the fact. Yeah, the Coyotes weren't putting fucking waiver claims in on a goalie who's 31 from Finland. Yeah. Come Ru- on. Ruined his NHL career, basically. Yeah, because that, that guy's not going to know. If, hey, you think so? <laughs> you think he's getting an offer? Maybe. Not for- Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the Leafs' plan in net. Mm. I, I sure hope so for his sake, because he's like, all right, I've achieved everything I've wanted to achieve, and I'm going to go to the NHL with the Toronto Maple Leaf, delete, delete, an irrelevant team who's going to be even more irrelevant next mm-hmm. year. And I'm going to play three games and get fucking shelled. The Leafs yeah, were that's, down. that's good shit. The Leafs were down to their sixth goalie at times. He had a chance to play good games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a it was a shame the Coyotes did that. You, but think, Harry, you think Harry Sateri is getting an NHL deal after this? It's also the rules. You guys are not allowed to do it. it. They, are. The they are the rules. Yeah. But there is a little bit of let's fuck with the Leafs here. It's so it's don't tell me that 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 was establishing his reputation there. No way. But people people like, go yeah, but teams were taking advantage of the rule. What what teams? One team. One the Oilers over thirty years ago. What what are you talking about? They so the the rule that allows that allowed um, the reason why a European player has to go through waivers before signing before the deadline is because I think it was a player named Rejo Rutsalainen I think was his name um, and he would just chill in Europe mm. and the Oilers would be like hey you want to come win a cup and he'd be like yeah and then they'd bring him over and then they'd win a cup and I think they did it more than once and then he'd go back next year play the whole season in Europe and then come over and then he'd come and yeah and yeah. be like a play less games be more six. fresh mm-hmm. yeah like he'd be a top six contributor in the NHL how, you, like how did you say Rayho what is it oh boy R-U-O root R-U-O-T Salinen I'm gonna need you to figure that out Adam Roots Rejo Rootsalinas. Rejo Rootsalinen. Look at this. He played for the Rangers too. So the Rangers had him for 70 games a year. Look at his playoff numbers. Whoa, his playoff numbers are really good. Yeah, they are. The That's Oilers, why there's a rule. He played 10 games for the uh he played 31 for the Devils and then got traded to the Oilers, it looks like, at one point, and 13 points in 22 games, and then in the 86-87 year. Uh, seven points in uh, 21 playoff games. 86 Man. before we were born. Damn, that's crazy. This dude is the reason uh, for a rule before Hari Sateri was born. Look at him. Rejo Rutsalina is a handsome guy. Look at that. Oh, I know. Come it's on. It's outrageous. That's it's ridiculous. Outrageous. That's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's wow. Ridiculous. He also played for your favorite team, Fire Burn. Hey. In, in uh, Swiss A. Uh, listen, it, it's not... I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too worried about. We knew Mikheyev was gone or whatever, and I know the sixth round pick doesn't change things really that much one one way or another. But my belief is always, you know. it's like if you're throwing a used car up for sale, it's like I'd like twenty grand for it, but I'll take the best offer. Dubis loves a galaxy brain deep pick. He does, and, and you know what? He, he traded a couple of years ago. I believe this was the 2020 COVID draft uh, with one of the. That was the draft that went like eight hours. It was mm-hmm. agony. But the Leafs traded. <laughs> I remember that? Oh, it was I remember terrible. that being exhausting. <laughs> remember, I was late for our podcast. <laughs> yes, I do. And it was like seven o'clock at night. Oh, and Jesse and I horrible. were just getting up work. What? Horrible. It was yeah. one of the worst sport experiences. There was ever. a draft, uh, uh, twenty twenty like, draft in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. That went. It went. It lasted from like ten or eleven in the morning until seven o'clock at night. The second round. Yeah, this was the back back half the, second, or not second, back half second, second through seventh. seventh 
Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the Leafs, I don't remember that. The Leafs traded a seventh to the Bruins for a seventh because they wanted another seventh this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are the odds of this working out? And they ended up drafting Ryan Tverberg, who's like one of their best prospects. That's awesome. So, I, I think I also think too, like Dubas is the one thing he has proven time and time and time again. And people are going to throw the cadre trade in my face, but you're wrong. Uh, Kyle Dubas's strength to me as a general manager outside of drafting and finding these guys is trading. He's made some really good deals. Listen, like a couple, a couple didn't work out. Too. The Felino deal didn't work out. The Cadre deal didn't work out. But that Cadre deal was not the original Cadre deal. That is true. So he took the deal that he that Nazem Cadre allowed him to take. And it's clever of uh, Joe Sackick. Oh yeah. To be like, all right, I got a GM with a great asset and no leverage. What I'm saying, I'm going to take your lunch money. What I'm saying in saying this is that Kyle Dubas can can tell me to fuck off because uh, over the uh, the Zach Hyman thing because. He's been right more than he's been wrong, by far more. And I, I, still, I look forward to his yeah. trades because I'm like, how did we, how did we juice these guys? Listen, death taxes in a Dubas draft day trade. Are you kidding me? Can't wait. But what it's going to be like he's trading the third for two fourths. What about Jared McCamp? Oh, fuck. yeah, that's on the list. That um, I still. That's one where I understand the logic and hate it because, like, I wish they had just come out and said it. Well, they did later on the, you know, the Leafs have their like documentary or whatever. No, that doesn't count. You don't get to tell me after you did it. <laughs> tell me, get Jared McCann and tell the fan base, do some PR for God's sake. Nah. You acquire a player, fans got excited about the player, and you got the player for the express purpose of losing the player. Boo, you stink. Tell us. Tell us that. Tell us that. We were all like, but he's not gonna. And then he did. He did. And so we're all just pissing into the wind for three days. No, the Leafs should have come out and told us what was going on there. And then we would have had a few days to be like, all right, here's why that makes sense. Instead of just losing the guy three days later and we're all like, that makes no fucking sense. Boo. I understand the logic, but the execution sucked. Um, all right. right, you want to talk about Don Sweeney? Don Sweeney, <laughs> Don Sweeney multi-year extension in Boston. It's interesting because they've been so good while he's been there. Although that uh, still sometimes the draft picks. Yeah, was, uh, and you know Bruce Cassidy being fired, mm. but they have been really good since he's been there. And and yet Boston fans are like, eh, I'm not so sure about this. Uh, and by not so sure about this, they're like, what the fuck? Because Boston Bruin fans don't do anything on the low. So two days ago, the Boston Bruins tweet, the Boston Bruins have signed general manager Don Sweeney to a multi-year contract. That tweet currently has 592 likes. 1,439 replies and 1,164 retweets. The Bruins got their asses kicked in the quote tweets. And it is very rare at least these days, it wasn't as rare uh, growing up, but these days it's very rare to see Bruins fans so united against the Bruins. They're, That's not, they're not happy. He earned his extension by firing his head coach. That seemed like it was the one-for-one one deal. You want a new contract? You gotta get rid of this guy. And he won. He won. I guess. <laughs> He's still a general manager. <laughs> He walked into the living room and said, hey, can I use your washroom? And also, you're fired. Yep. Anyway, I'm going to get an extension over this <laughs> and didn't flush. 
<laughs> a little yellow wow. water. A little yellow right? water. I mean, uh, so, oh, it's best case scenario, Jesse Blake. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario. I, uh, dude, they fired a really good coach at his freaking house. I know. And got an extension. It seemed like that's what it seemed like the deal was. You want to keep your job, you got to let go of the head coach. Um, not, not, not to break out the puns, but Bruins fans are smarter than the average bear. You see, because a Bruin is a... They get it. You see, because, uh, yeah, they understand exactly what happened here, and that's why they're pissed. So people compare Jeremy Jacobs to Darth Vader, and I think that's wrong. They should be comparing him to Emperor Palpatine. Absolutely. Because Darth Vader is really a pawn of Emperor Palpatine, if you know Star Wars. And there's a a scene in the Star Wars, Clone Wars, like, uh, animated scene, where before Darth Vader is Darth Vader, he's got Count Dooku, right? So you got... Palpatine, Dooku, and then Dooku has this assassin who he's trained in the force. Her name's Ventress. And and Palpatine comes in on the intercom and he's like, I, I, I understand that she's doing a very good job. Right? And then and then Dooku's like, she is. And he's old and On the intercom? On the, you know, that, that, that little thing. And then and then and she's like he's like well it seems like you're training your apprentice to kill me and he's like i would never that's my that's my apprentice i would never do that and then and then he's like kill her to show your uh to to show your uh loyalty to me and he does or he tries to anyway and and i it felt it feels a little like that in the boston situation right it's like it's sort of just ugh. <laughs> Kill him at home. <laughs> I, Go to his house. I think the Wreck worst, him. The worst, and I'll give you a three-year extension. The worst thing the Bruins did was put Jeremy Jacobs' name on the cup. Uh, that was a team that was fun to cheer for in 2011, but uh, I'll never forgive them for that. You don't put an owner's name on the cup? No, no, no. I'm saying they did put his name on the cup. Oh. And I hate that his name is on the oh. cup. I hate that Jeremy Jacobs besmirched the uh, Stanley yeah. Cup. What order would you recommend somebody watch Star Wars? Well, they actually have on Disney Plus. They have the full. Here's how you would watch you, it in order. Would you watch it? Would you watch it in chronological, or would you watch it in the way that it came out in history? I think I think you watch it in the way that they had it released. Mm. I think you watch it, but you don't need to. Other than Rogue One, like Rogue One, you have to watch obviously. But I think you watch it in the way that theatrical releases came out, except for the newer movies, because I really like the first one. The Last Jedi was kind of weak and then the third one's the rise of skywalker whatever it's just horrible yo that uh, is a piece of shit it's it's so bad <laughs> what it's so fucking bad that man movie it's such, is a piece of shit it's so stupid the most recent star wars oh, that came out it oh, is a garbage of shit so, oh, so no. what i would recommend jesse if you are gonna watch it is uh, watch the original movie, movies from the 70s in the order that they came out yes in and the then 70s. watch the movies from the 90s and then watch rogue one yeah. and then you can watch like Han Solo story, and then get into like Clone War. If you want to get into the series like Clone Wars, Mandalorian is amazing. Yeah, Boba Fett's really good. Obi Wan was great as well. You'll love those. They just really, they really. It's almost like you know when they have uh, when they have Charlie Brown lined up and Lucy's got the yeah. football, and they and it's like this is a can't miss this time character uh, that we heavily marketed the first one around. Nope, you're gone. Character yeah. <laughs> that the audience fell in love with. Nope, you're gone. Shitty storyline that makes no sense. Yep, we're going to start with that through text. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, dude, it's so oh, awful. And, and Jesse, it's Jesse, really like, bad. The, the thing with Last Jedi that gets me. It is a hunk of this shit. This came out like last oh. December, right? Uh, or the December. Rise, December 4, I think. December. I think 2019 it might have been. It's oh, like the shit. first movie I saw back in theater, and I wish I was back at home. Yeah. It was yeah. A piece of shit. It gave Steve COVID. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it almost, no. No, what was terrible about it? 
Here's what was terrible about it. All right. This, the Last Jedi, the whole premise is, yeah. okay, guys, we can only go a certain speed and we're running out of space gas. And they can only go a certain speed and they'll stay exactly exactly so, this far away so from us going like this. yes they'll stay exactly <laughs> this far away from us until we run out of space gas and then we're fucked that was the whole premise of did, 90% of that movie and then they're they like oh by the way uh, uh, Luke Skywalker could meditate and become a person elsewhere and now he's dead and everybody's like wow what a fucking brilliant but Ryan Johnson. Why did that kill him also? I, I, no, <laughs> I don't understand. I was I was watching that. I was like, fuck yeah, Luke Sky. What do you mean he's dead? <laughs> what do you mean? So and they Luke, they kill Luke Skywalker in the most recent Star in, Wars. No, movie? in the last no. Jedi, which is the second most recent. Okay. So they so kill him in the middle. We're not movie. talking about the same thing anymore. No, no, we're talking about both of those movies and how bad they are. And oh, everybody okay. talks about how great The Last Jedi is. Like, imagine the premise is okay, guys. All right, we're at Disney headquarters. I'm walking in with my script. Okay, guys, we can only go 100 kilometers an hour and we're running out of space gas, but they can only go 100 kilometers an hour. So we got like a 12 hour window to make this happen. All it's, right. it's, it's, it literally, it's the plot from speed. Is that that speeds the movie where the bus yeah. uh, explodes if they <laughs> travel under thirty kilometers yes, an hour? Yes. The movie should have been called Space Bus. Yeah, it should have been. And I think there was a Speed Two. Speed. I think it's. I think there's Speed Two, but it's either with an airplane or a cruise ship or something like that, which I don't think. Canada I remember watching Speed as like a kid, and I didn't get it. Well, no, because it's weird. <laughs> yeah, but apparently at the time it was a big hit. Bullock and like why Reeves. Why is this bomb going off on this bus? I don't. know. And then they have here's the the best part about the Last Jedi too. They send out these fucking bombers, and the bombers are like it's like watching your grandfather run. If they're just the slowest ships imaginable, there's no way they could be useful. But they deliver this high damage payload. Do you remember that what's right it, at the beginning? What's what's the 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 big robotic walker. The two the foot big, or the, the four foot? The four foot one from the original movies. AT-AT. Piece of shit. What? Why? 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 Because Take out its skinny little shitty legs yeah, and then yeah. the whole thing falls down. <laughs> Piece of shit. But it's hard to take out its shitty skinny legs. No, it's not because they did it. They did it with ropes. They did it with a tow cable. That's right because they're, the 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 the, um, the lasers weren't going shit. through the, the force field. Piece of shit. <laughs> What sometimes sometimes in a digital world you gotta go analog, Steven. Oh boo. Anyway. Heart. So Luke's <laughs> dead? Luke is dead. Isn't he like the main character? No. In the series. Ray is the main no. character in the third part of the series. Ray, Ray, Ray Palpatine. Who's Ray? Sorry for any spoilers. Who's, who's, she's not a Skywalker, she's a Palpatine. What? Oh, she and is, by the way, he's no, back for a third time. Adam Driver. Bad guy, bad guy, maybe good guy. Here's his nipples. Maybe good guy, <laughs> good guy. At the very end, good guy. And it's fine forever. Oh, what? It's, <laughs> I thought Adam Driver was like the villain. And it's super weird. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but there was good in him, Jesse. Also, now I mean, he's good. All you have to do is look at those nips. It's, li it's literally what if we took the plot for the original trilogy and made it worse? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And the first one, The Force Awakens, was like a, a mirror image of A New Hope, which was the first movie that ever came out. But the mm -hmm, whole point mm -hmm. of that is that it was supposed to talk about how this is repeating until the cycle ends, right? Yes. Uh, that was the whole, that's what J.J. Abrams kinda, wanted to do. Good. But because they had this stupid thing in Star Wars where no one person was allowed to direct more than one movie, they, they had to go out and find a, another guy for it. And Ryan Johnson's a great director. Knives Out are incredible films, whatever. But man, if they had just had J.J. Abrams do the J.J. Abrams thing, 
So he didn't get to do them all? No, he got he got to do one, and then Ryan Johnson did it, and they're like, whoa, we don't really like that. And fans were like, no, no, it's good. No, no, don't tell me it's not good, even though everybody hated it. It's great. And then... and then uh, um, It says he did Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, they brought him back to save the fucking franchise. And it did work? Yeah, no. <laughs> it was horrible. No. Because Ryan Johnson was like, oh, you see that story you're creating? Here, we're going to go over here. And then JJ's got to spend the first half of the movie bringing it back to center. Right. Oh. Right. In the oh, worst way. I was, was going to say, he, he kind of ruined Lost at the end, so I wasn't surprised that he ruined yeah. this, but he I, the, he didn't do all of these. Right. I also think Lost... <laughs> Imagine... Lost died because um, in, in North America, we won't we won't let things run the, the amount of time they're supposed to run. Yeah. In England, it's like you get two seasons of this, and that's it. Fuck off. Yep. Yeah. In, in North America, it's like, well, we need 22 episodes. Oh, wow. It's a hit. We need 30 episodes, yeah. six years running. Because uh, some, uh, some of it has to do with the stupid syndication rules where yes. you need to reach at least, I think it's eight eight seasons and 200 episodes, and then you can be syndicated across wherever. That's forever. right. That's right. So, yeah, they extended Lost way too long just to get the most amount of money out of it. What, what was that doing? smoke monster, What are you doing by with your chair? My chair, my, my wires are cut because I'm pissed. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, okay. Okay. So, what were you about to what say? Was this? Spoilers, spoilers for Harry Potter, in case you're one of the few people who doesn't know it. It's like if the if the Goblet of Fire began with it, it, the, the movie, if the movie Goblet of Fire began with, well, I'll say it to Adam, Voldemort returns in text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Biggest bad guy in the series, he's back. How? Oh, okay, like, okay. Uh, K... This, like because it's the slowest million miles a minute ever. This is the movie Return started of, and I read that. I'm like, what the fuck? This is the Skywalker, the 2019 yes. one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Dude, okay. it's a hunk okay. of shit. Following along. Garbage. So yeah, I don't know about Don Sweeney. Uh, <laughs> I don't um, know. We'll see. Let's okay. I guess let's, we'll have to see. 